You're listening to a resource from the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. It is our joy to glorify God by treasuring Jesus in the preaching of His Word. We pray this resource will be a tool used to aid in your relationship with Christ in addition to your local church. Blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood. Amen. Good morning, everybody. We have those who are truly committed this morning here. Um, now, we know that uh, we understand um, the season that, uh, that Christmas Eve being, you know, a couple days before where we sit right now, it feels like we've already been to church. But um, it's important that we continue um, every year, even with the close proximity of those days, to come on the Lord's Day uh, to worship. And so even over the years, continue to do that because um, we want to uh, honor the Lord in, in all of this. Um, I want to invite you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And if you've been with us, you're going to say, hey, we've already been to this place, Luke 11, aren't we in <laughs> Luke 18 at this point? And we are. We're walking through the book of Luke and we're in Luke 18 currently. But um, I wanted to take uh, this morning... Um, uh, just for a special uh, message and really a special time, which will lead us into a time of prayer at the end of the service um, or at the end of this message, individual prayer and, um, or, or prayer with the people around us. I wanted to take a, a special time this morning before we move back into our uh, exposition of the book of Luke, um, which will happen starting again next week, to just spend some time uh, thinking through what would maybe be the most important aspect of my new year? Um, what would be maybe the most important thing that I could focus my attention on in the new year? And, you know, if you want to glorify God with your life, and if you want to mature spiritually, and if you want God to make your life holy or set apart, to be like him, right? We're set apart from the world in Christ, and we're set apart for good works. We're set apart for him. We're set apart to become like him. That's the goal of our life after we're saved. If you want your family to change, if you want to make an impact, if you want some of your problems to find solutions in the Lord for his glory and for your good, if you want our church to be healthy, if you want our church to be led by the Lord, no matter, no matter what the, the need is or the desire is, and not only for a need or desire, but because it's right, then we need to be people who pray. We need to be people who pray. We need to be people who are uh, spending a long period of time in prayer. Um, and one of the things that I think is so characteristic of Christians um, now in this day and time is that this is really lacking. This is really lacking. Um, I think when we, um, when we think about how our, our days usually go, our, our weeks, our, um, our time with the Lord, it's usually a, a very quick prayer, or if we pray at all, or if we think about our issues, we usually run to 
uh, a phone call or a talking to a friend or our accountability partner or someone from church before we would go to the Lord in prayer. I mean, if we're really honest, that's really what's hap- what happens. And if we want things to happen in our lives or in our church, we kind of just step back and kind of hope in the back of our mind that we you know, get in our car, go to work, and thinking about these things that are plaguing our lives or that we wish the Lord would do. And rather than actually praying to God, we just continue to think about them and talk about them and worry about them. And as a result, I think that we are far from God. And as a result, I think we see far less than what God could do. And as a result, I think we don't mature spiritually. You know, prayer, the longevity of your prayer and the consistency of your prayer is a real test of your spiritual maturity. I mean, you can, you can put all these things, you know, on the table to say, here's where I'm at spiritually. But the real test of your spiritual maturity is your consistency in prayer and the duration of your prayer, the contents of your prayer, the longevity of your prayerfulness. That's a real test of spiritual maturity. It's a real test of what you believe about God, what you believe about prayer, what you need from him, your dependence upon him, and et cetera. I mean, that's a real test. So if you wanna say, where am I at in my spiritual maturity right now? If there's a thermometer here and you say, hey, look, where am I at currently on my spiritual maturity uh, scale? Well, where, where that line is of your spiritual maturity would be pretty much determined by your prayer life. So you should ask yourself, okay, based on my prayer life, Where's, where's my spiritual maturity level? And I'm afraid that most of us would probably find a way down here, right? And so the habit of most Christians, I think, is not to pray, to pray too briefly or to talk to others first. And so I think there's no greater goal for our church this year, right? I think about what do I wanna encourage our church in? as we go into the new year, not just me, but I think what the Lord desires for our church going into this new year is that we'd be people who pray. Can you imagine what that would do to our spiritual maturity, to what God could do in and through our church and what God would do in and through you to grow you and to accomplish his plan? And so I know we've had a Bible plan over this past year and, um, and there are so many people who have completed that. And I'm, and I'm thankful and I'm proud of our church. And I'm gonna have a new plan. I'm giving you one month to kind of finish up that Bible plan. Starting February, we're gonna have, start a two and a half year Bible reading plan, okay? It's gonna really help you to know the New Testament like the back of your hand. But in addition to that Bible reading plan, what you need to commit to the Lord is that you will be someone who prays consistently and for long periods of time and for the Lord's will to be done and for his work. So here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna, we're gonna have a shortened time in the word um, and we're gonna talk through the text. It's gonna be abbreviated due to just the nature of this morning. And I want, um, we're gonna look at the Lord's prayer. Um, and if you wanna hear the full exposition of the Lord's prayer, um, you can go back. We covered it, um, I don't know, probably half a year ago. 
um, in the book of Luke, and you can hear a series of messages on it, okay? So today's not going to be this, uh, a detailed exposition through it. Um, but what I think what we're going to see here is what we need the Lord to do, which is to teach us to pray. And, and I don't mean just teach us the, the uh, logistics of it, although he will teach us. But I mean, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to be, have desire for prayer. Teach us to be consistent in prayer. And teach us then even how to pray. And so I think there's no better place to look than obviously Luke chapter 11. And uh, let's read verses one through four. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished... One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, as you probably know, in Matthew's account, Matthew chapter six, there's a few added um, pieces to it. So I want you to turn there for just a second. Just a couple books to your left, chapter six. And Jesus says it this way in Matthew six. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This gives us some clarity. And then it says, he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So there's those two added pieces. On earth as it is in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which gives us insight into his petition for the kingdom to come. And then at the end there, there's, but deliver us from evil, which gives us insight into that prayer of lead us not into temptation. So remember those things as we come back now to Luke 11. And all I want us to see is, is really three simple broad categories from this, and then some subcategories under the second category. And the three broad categories will be on the screen, and we'll just talk through the subcategories. So what do we see here? Well, the first thing that we see is the desire to pray, verse one. Look at this. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so what we see in there is the disciples are witnessing Jesus doing what? pray. The Son of God, the unique person of the Trinity, the divine, eternal Son of God, fully God, come as a man to, and bore the likeness of human flesh in order to die on behalf of sinners. And in this mission that he's on, he's fully dependent upon his Father for anything that needs to be accomplished. He's in relationship with his father. And he was praying in a certain place. It doesn't tell us where that place was because really the place doesn't matter. 
right? And when he finished, so obviously the disciples were observing this. When he finished, the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And there's a desire there for them to pray. There's a a desire there for them to be like Christ. There's a desire there to depend on God. They're not just saying, hey, teach us to pray too so we can say some eloquent things, right? Or that we can kind of look good in front of each other. I mean, there's, there, that's not part of this desire here. The desire is genuinely help us to talk with God like you talk with God. Help us to know what to say. Help us to know what to pray for, what's important, right? What are the important things to pray for? What's, what's just a waste of, of time? And so the disciples are, I think, probably dumbfounded here as to the intensity, the longevity, the content of the Lord's praying. And they say, teach us to pray. We want to talk to God like this. And um, I wonder if that's, that's your desire. I wonder if on a regular basis you say, God, give me the heart to, to pray. Lord, teach me to be consistent in prayer. Lord, teach me what's important to pray about so that I can pray about things that are gonna be glorifying to you and effective for the kingdom. There is a desire here to pray, and I think that's part of the the. Uh, the question to Jesus to teach us to pray. There's a desire, and, and, um, and they want Jesus to teach them how. And so I, I think that there's this, this is where it starts here for us, and the Lord's got to change that desire in you, and the Lord's got to affect this desire in you. We move on to then the consistency of, of prayer. Verse 1 again. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, this isn't on the surface here, but think about this. Jesus was praying on a regular basis. This is not the the first time that they're watching Jesus do this. And when they say, teach us to pray, they're not just saying, hey, can you help us in this one time to to, to say some, some right things? They're not just saying, hey, look, um, you know, teach us how to do this right now and, and never do it again. They're, they're asking, Lord, teach us to be prayerful like you are, right? Teach us to pray so that we can do so on a regular basis when we go out from here, right? I mean, there's a desire to regularly, consistently pray, and so this doesn't take a lot to figure out. I mean, this is pretty obvious. The disciples of Christ who were closest to him had a desire to, to pray, to learn how to pray, to be consistent in prayer. And um, that was their plan, to be consistent in prayer. And then we see thirdly here the, the method that Jesus gives, the method of prayer. So there's some subpoints under the third point, not the second, I'm sorry but they won't be on the screen. We're just gonna talk through them. So Jesus said, verse two, right? And he said to them. So this is his answer. When when asked, Lord, teach us to pray. This is his answer. 
He says, when you pray, say, now that's pretty clear, isn't it? I mean, that's, he, he's not beating around the bush and you don't have to try real hard to figure out what he's saying. He's telling you exactly how to pray. Isn't it crazy that when we think about prayer, we don't, uh, and how to do it, we come up with all these other methods. And literally Jesus was as obvious as, as you could get. And I think sometimes, uh, I, I think that's evidence of our, um, of our inherent rejection of the word of God. It's easier for me to buy a book at Barnes and Nobles, uh, Barnes and Noble about prayer than it is for me to just look literally at what the Lord said as to how to pray. Uh, I think inherently we reject the word of God and so you gotta be careful with that. What we feel isn't always right, right? It's just because you feel that way doesn't make it right. We gotta push through that and get to the word of God. And so here's what he says. He, he gives these categories now, we talked about this a long time ago, but these are categories. He's not telling you to repeat these. There are, there are obviously sects of Christianity that the way in which you accomplish things for God is to repeat the Lord's Prayer over and over and over and over and over again a certain amount of time or various other prayers that have been made up. Um, those accomplish nothing to just repeat those mindlessly. It's not a good luck charm, right? There's, there's no... Uh, there's no part of that that, um, that earns any kind of like, uh, you know, if you say it a certain amount of time, it accomplishes something. These are broad categories that the Lord is just teaching you that with your heart, you would just talk to God and present your request to him. So what are the categories? Well, the first category is that his name would be hallowed. This is a petition. It's not a praise, okay? You can praise, you should praise, but this is a petition. You guys following along with me? Okay, this is a petition. Father, hallowed be your name. The, the, the request is that God's name would be hallowed. That, uh, that God's name, what does to, to be holy mean? To be set apart, right? When we talk about the purpose of a Christian's life is to be made holy after salvation. Your life changed, right? Your as people talk about a changed life, your life is not to just be changed to be just more fit for this world. Your life is to be changed. Now you're set apart doing holy things, being changed by the word of God, becoming more like God. Your life is set apart, right? Well, think about this idea in regards of God's name and who he is. I mean, he is, the Bible says, holy, 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 right? So he is uh, the ultimate one who is set apart from every other being. And so if you think about the holiness of God, that he is set apart, he is cut from another cloth, he's different, he's God, right? He, he's God and we're not. And he provided access to salvation, he's righteous, he's just. Um, in all of his attributes, he's holy because of his divinity. And so when you think about Father, hallowed be your name, the petition there is let your name, let who you are, be seen, be revered, let people set you apart, that you're God and they're not, and they're sinners and they need to come to repentance and trust in Christ and what you've provided for access to salvation, that people would, would hallow God's name. Uh, that's the request here. Think about this on the North Shore even, what that would be like. If people got, said, wow, look at God, look at what he's like. You know, to glorify God means to show what he's like right? 
to show his holiness. Glory is holiness revealed. Holiness is glory concealed. That's what we talk about. Holiness is, is who God is and to show his glory or to glorify him is to reveal, make manifest so people can see it, who he is, that he's great, that he's set apart, that there's no one like him. So your goal, your life is to glorify God, to show his set apartness. This is God, the only true God. And what we desire is for people to see his holiness, how he is set apart, how he's perfect. You know, it's in seeing his holiness that we see our, our own sinfulness, ourselves, right? So people won't realize they're, how they fall short of God's glory until they see the true God, right? The holiness of God. And so your life is about desiring that his name would be hallowed upon the earth. And you know who it's hallowed by? Listen now, it's hallowed by Christians. It's hallowed by Christians. Christians who have seen who he is, who have repented of their sins, who live with him as their God, right? It's not hallowed by the world. And so your first petition is in all of your petitions, within all of your other petitions, your petition is that God's name would be hallowed. The second category here is that God's kingdom would come. God's kingdom would come. Not only would people see who God is and set him apart as the only true God, but that they would come then under his reign and what? Rule. There's a kingdom that comes when people come under the king's rule. And in Matthew's account, he says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God reigns and rules perfectly in heaven. And the goal is that people would realize their sin, repent of their sin, come under his reign and rule through the lordship of Jesus Christ and be saved. His kingdom advances when individuals are saved. Right? And so the goal is that his kingdom would come. So these are your petitions. This is what Jesus tells his disciples to pray for. This is what Jesus was then praying for. Lord, Father, he calls him Father, first of all. We see that category, right? And we could spend a lot of time on the fact that as a believer in Christ, God is your Father. He's the one who provides these things. You are his son or daughter. But the petition is, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. And then thirdly, give us each day our daily bread. Now here is supplication for things that we need, right? But notice here, he says daily bread, daily bread. And so uh, really, we are people who are remaining dependent on God. And it's almost as if God, don't give us more than we need. Thus, we turn away from you, right? And Lord, give us just enough that we wouldn't turn away from you, <laughs> right? So the petition is, Lord, keep us dependent on you and give us what we need. And if it doesn't, if we don't need it, don't give it, right? But this is supplication for our needs. Now, you have a lot of needs in your life, I'm sure. Think about this. I mean, what do you want God to do in your life? And God will decide some of those things are unnecessary or not the right needs or not the right petition. And you leave that up to the providence of God, right? Ecclesiastes talks about a man who goes out and sows. And uh, he sows in the morning and he sows at night because he doesn't know what's going to stick, right? Well, you stay 
following God, stay doing his will and his word, and you stay praying to God, and he'll decide what, what he answers and what he doesn't, right? And so there's a, there's a prayer for our, our needs, but here's where I think we get this really wrong. First of all, we don't pray for God's name to be hallowed. We don't pray for his kingdom to come is our greatest and first petitions. And I, I think that uh, instead of praying for what we need, um, we usually try to just do it ourselves or talk to others about it, right? This relationship, I, I need this to be mended. Well, we spend a lot of time on the phone talking about it before we ask God about it, right? So just a couple more minutes and then we're gonna spend some time in prayer. Uh, next he says, and forgive us what? Our, our sins, right? And, um, and then there's a condition there for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. When we ask for forgiveness of our sins, we're reminded of our unforgiveness towards others. And we gotta deal with that. But the forgive us our sins in Christ, that's why we do this every Sunday. It's not that you need to confess your sins in order to be justified because you're positionally right before God in Christ. But we confess our sins as, uh, as a way in which to... Um, to, to continue to remain near to the Lord, right? That he would cleanse our hearts and that he would continue to sanctify us, that we'd be made aware of our sin, that we would repent of our sin in a continual way. And so you're asking for the forgiveness of your sins on a regular basis, and, and I wonder if that's true of you. I wonder how long it goes that you're unaware of unconfessed sin on a regular basis. I mean, you're sinning pretty much every minute every second, <laughs> right? You, you, your nature is, is sin. You don't just do sin, you're, you're full of it. You're born in, into it. And God is sanctifying that through his spirit and his word, but, but you should be one who is, you know, mature Christians are more aware of their sin, not less, right? So when people come in here and say, you guys talk a lot about sin, right? Yeah, of course, Right? We're very aware of it and then very aware of how great then Christ's sacrifice was on our behalf. Right? And so you're asking for forgiveness on a regular basis and you're forgiving others in your heart as well. Now, the last part there, and lead us not into temptation. Right? And then Matthew's account says, but deliver us from evil. James tells us that God doesn't tempt anyone. Right? But the overall petition here is that God would deliver us from, from evil, from temptation, from sin, from Satan's schemes, right? That's the, that's the idea here. That's the idea here. So that you're praying continually, God, let me not succumb to temptation. Keep me holy. Keep me following your way. Keep me obedient to you, right? And so this is the, this is, these are the, the, um, request. These are all petitions, and this is the way in which Jesus tells the disciples to pray. They have a desire. They're planning on praying consistently. And then Jesus tells them this, go to him as your father, the one who has to provide everything for you, right? My, my kids have no way of surviving on their own without my provision for them. Pray for his name to be hallowed. Pray for his kingdom to come. Pray for him to give you your, your daily needs. Pray him to forgive you of your sins. Forgive others. And then pray for him to keep you obedient, and to deliver you from, from um, sin. And so here's what I want to do right now.
is I wanna take 30 minutes. We're gonna take 30 minutes, which is usually the amount of time that I'll have left of preaching, right, at this point. So we're not going any longer than our normal service, okay? But I want you to stay, I want you to be in prayer, and I want you to practice this progression with, for a few things, and you can put them up on the screen. Um, this is a good way to maybe work outward. The reason why you start with yourself is because the neediest person that you know is you, right? Um, you know yourself more intimately than you know anything else, and you know that your need for God more than you, you know anyone else's need for God. So this is gonna stay up on the screen, that you would pray for yourselves, your family, your neighbors, our church. It's working outward, our city, our state, our nation, and then the world. And I would practice the Lord's prayer. It doesn't have to be rigid. The, the Lord is just giving us categories here. But that you would pray these things for this, for 30 minutes. And you can do so individually, or you can do so with others around you. It's okay if there's noise in here. It'd actually be probably pretty good that people be praying with others. But let me challenge you in this, okay, as I finish here. Um, the Lord said, my house shall be called the house of what? Prayer. How often do we, do we do this? We can come in and we expect a service to be given to us, provided for us, right? Man, these people are gonna provide a service for me. Well, that's what we do, and we're glad to do that, right? But you probably don't pray in this house frequently enough, right? And that needs to be part of it. So if you feel like this is odd, um, that's your feeling, it's not the truth, right? And so I wanna encourage you also, when we do this on a regular basis, like we do this on a Sunday evening, or we do this because our Sunday evening services, which are not um, additional services, they're just, uh, they're supplemental services, so they don't, they don't image what we do on Sunday mornings or for additional purposes, but we'll oftentimes spend time with prayer. And what I see oftentimes is people finish up real early. And I think to myself, why wouldn't you take every minute you have while you're in God's house to just pray? And so let me encourage you, take all this time, right? Don't, don't finish up early. Just take all of this time, 30 minutes set apart in your life to pray. Yeah, it's gonna feel unnatural, right? But can I tell you something? If it feels hard and this feels unnatural and you feel desire to do something else, get up, go to the bathroom, get some more coffee, leave, go to lunch, etc. Can I tell you when you feel that? Again, just because you feel something doesn't make it right. So you gotta fight that. Because to be honest with you, that's, that's evidence of your spiritual immaturity, right? If you're sitting here and you're saying, man, this is boring, man, this stinks, man, I would rather do something else, man, it's hard to focus, man, I don't know what else to say, right? You're just building up for yourself evidence that you need to grow spiritually. Like you're just showing yourself more and more evidence before yourself. It's not no one else's issue, it's, it's your issue, right? And now for the same for me. But you're, you're, if, you, if this is hard for you to do, that's okay, it just means you need to grow, right? But what a time, because if you're not gonna spend 30 minutes now we got everything else blocked out. You got nothing else to do. You were planning on being here anyway, right? If you're not gonna pray for 30 minutes now, I can guarantee that you're not doing that in your life on a regular basis, right? So we're gonna spend 30 minutes in prayer. 
that you would pray through the Lord's Prayer, those categories, and that you would do so um, with these categories here, okay? So I'm gonna just pray now and close this time, and then um, you get together. It's okay if there's noise in here, or you can pray sitting individually, but for 30 minutes, then we're gonna, we're gonna pray, okay? So let me close this right now. Father, thank you for your word that guides us and teaches us and um, informs us and instructs us. I pray that our church would be people, they would be, uh, it would be people who pray. Um, people who pray for their own lives and for our church and for our city. That there would be a reformation in this city, a, a call back to the Bible. And the same for ourselves and our families and our neighbors. Help us to pray through your prayer, not to go to other resources, other books, other means to figure out how to do this, but to just look at what your word says. And God, help us then to not be people who neglect it in our own individual lives. That we would be people who sit with you either in the mornings or at night, or whenever we can, driving, and et cetera, that we would be people who who are regularly in prayer as evidence of our spiritual maturity or lack thereof. But we need you and depend on you. Bless this time now as we spend the next 30 minutes uh, in prayer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this resource from the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. We pray that it helps you joyfully make Jesus Christ your treasure.